I've been so excited for this conversation since we connected last week because I just felt like it was there was such a resonance there and I was like I want to I want to explore this a little bit more I want to see what this this guy's about I just want to know I'm such a curious person so this felt and then when I was reading you know some of the the questions that we shared before the one thing that stood out to me was you you said we simply don't know who we are and the big mm. question I'm going to just open this place with is, who are we? <laughs> That's the question, isn't it? It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, um, yeah, it's the one thing. Everybody thinks that the main question is, what am I here to do? Right? Like, why am I here? What is my life's purpose? And, you know, over the course of working with lots of people in so many areas of life over the past 20, 25 years, I've learned that it's actually the same question as who am I? Who am I or what am I? And I was talking to somebody earlier today about this whole thing around, you know, in reality, there's no such thing as a person. And we take ourselves to be a person. But what is a person, right? A person is just this bundle of memories and feelings and stories that wrap around those those memories, right? And if you would take all of those things away, if you take away everything that's not essential to your existence, to your being and who you are, what remains? Like, that's really what I'm interested in. What is the essential nature of our being? And the best, I think the best answer I've ever come to for myself is that we're simply aware presence. Like we are, you know, that which knows experience because everything else comes and goes, right? I mean, even the, even the thoughts and the feelings that I had five minutes ago, like they came and they went, they're gone. Um, but who I actually am hasn't come and gone. And it's that like open, clear, changeless background of knowingness of awareness that is the same, like right now, I experience it the same way that I did when I was, you know, five years old or five months ago. Like it, that is actually directly experienced as who and what we are. Um, so that's who we are. At least I think. You use the word, <laughs> who knows what's going to unfold the more we dive into this journey. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it's crazy, but it's cool. You use the word knowingness. I, I really like that word. Do you see a, this this sense of aware presence as being all knowing? So are we on this journey through this remembrance of self or are we simply exploring the self? You, you mentioned the word experiencing as well. Like how would you describe yeah, that yeah. knowingness that is who you are? Yeah. So, okay, let's not make this philosophical at all because... Mm -hmm. Um, like those are just concepts and ideas. So let's keep it to what we can directly experience and know right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So like right now, do we, are you, do you exist? Do you exist? Yes. Emma, are you aware that you exist? Yes. Okay. Now where, if you had to locate that knowingness, where is it? Mm -hmm. Is it a thing that you can point to? It's a Is feeling, it a, very much a feeling, like a, a bodily sensation, I'd say. Okay. What shape is it? It's almost like a, mine's a moving shape, sort of circles and squares, then kind of yeah. just moves. Does it have a color? Orange. Orange? Okay. Does it have a, does it have an edge? Like the sense of knowing, you know, that I am, I exist. Does it have an edge to it that you can find? Like it a specific location? It feels expanding. Yeah. yeah, it feels like just going. If you can't, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm moving my hands outwards from the center. Yeah. So that, like everybody has that experience mm -hmm. um, that they exist that they are aware, like everything, 
everything that happens in your life, you experience it simply because you are aware of it. And that is changeless. It has never gone away. Right now. Okay. So that's like the fundamental idea. Now I want you to imagine you as a little kid. This is before you learned language, you know, little kid, little kids are just pure presence, right? Their energy, their life is a flow state. Like they're playing in the sandbox. They're not planning out how to optimize their time in the sandbox or when am I going to move from the sandbox to the swings to maximize, like to maximize my fun. They're just fully aware. They are present. They are there to them. There's no sense of past. There's no sense of future. At some point, the adults get to them and start teaching them language and start teaching them that, um, you know, it's cool to be a little kid, but you'll be important when you become an astronaut or a firefighter or a business owner. Right. And we move from this sense of, of this just changeless awareness to these ideas that begin giving it a container, right? Like I'm a little, I'm a boy. I'm born in Indiana in the United States. You know, I come from this family. I'm this religion. And it begins creating this sort of container. And we start taking ourselves for that container rather than the awareness that it, that gives it life. And before long, even though we, we can never be separate from this awareness, like you, you're always it. We just aren't, we don't know ourselves clearly as that. And that's what I mean when I say we don't know really who we are, right? We've created this identity. And if you think about identity as like an idea entity, it's just this combination of ideas and memories and thoughts and beliefs that if you were to remove those memories, that person would go away, right? Because that person is really just a, a story. Um, there's this really cool documentary on Netflix called Tell Me Who I Am. Um, have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it, I don't think. Okay, it tells the story of these two brothers who live in the UK. When they're 18 years old, one of the twin brothers gets involved in a motorcycle accident, loses all of his memories. He wakes up in the hospital, his mom and his twin brother are sitting there. He has no idea who his mother is, like no memory of her whatsoever. The only person he recognizes is his twin brother. I think his name is Marcus, if I remember right. And, but he doesn't remember anything about himself, nothing about his life. So he goes home and over the course of many years, his brother uh, helps him rebuild his life one memory at a time. So he'll show him a picture. There's a picture of them on the beach playing. And he tells him about all of these wonderful vacations they took as a family, right? So he builds his life back one memory at a time. You come to find out about halfway through the documentary that everything his brothers told him is a lie. That he's not at all who he said that he was. And their parents, rather than being really loving, were horrifically violent. They were uh, abused him and his brother mercilessly and, um, and you come to a point where he discovers this and he's like, well, who the hell am I then? Cause all he had were these memories and all of these memories were lies. And so, you know, it's this really great real life story around, yeah, well, who, who are we actually, if you remove all of the stories of who we think we are and who we think others think we are, what remains, you know? And what remains is this, this pure, totally free, that has always been free, um, awareness, you know, that, um, that has never gone anywhere. It has never changed. And that's who we are. Hmm. Feeling that sense of freedom, remembering that freedom, like in yourself. I remember, I remember when I was very caught up in my stories and my own identities and how sometimes I still notice myself in those spaces. For someone who's listening as well and, and hearing that of like, but then who, what happens to me if I let go of these stories? What happens to me if I release all these things that for so long I've believed yeah. that I am? 
yeah, what happens? Um, I think you let go of, you don't, you won't suffer nearly as much because, you know, you only have problems because there's a person to whom a problem exists, you know, somebody who, cause in life, in reality, there's only what happens. And then there's the story that we tell about what happens and, you know, 20 people will be in the exact same room, witness the exact same circumstances, and you'll get completely different stories that are all informed by their past, you know? So if life gives you what you think it should give you, then you're happy. If it doesn't give you what you think it should give you, problem. That becomes a problem, right? That life doesn't look the way, you know, we want it to look. And so what happens is, um, it's not that you cease being you, you know, your life, you just stop investing. So you stop investing your happiness and joy and well-being in the stories that you have about who you are, right? You're no longer looking outside of yourself, uh, to gain happiness or to gain wholeness, you know, cause it's not really balanced that we seek. Like what we really seek is wholeness and we think that we're not whole. And so we look outside of ourselves for things that will make us whole or peaceful, right? When all you really have to do is return to this, like your true nature, your natural state. Um, and then from that natural state of well-being, then you can go create, like, go be Emma, go be Kevin, you know, um, as a free, fully free and authentic expression of creativity, right? Mm-hmm. Not as a means of becoming peaceful and free but as an expression of the freedom and peace that you already have. Mm. And that's the key. Starting from that inside space. What what would you define as something outside of you? Um, uh, Work, relationships, um, a spiritual path, you know, because, you know, spirituality can be that too. You know, there is such a thing as spiritual materialism. Uh, I work with a lot of people that are a lot of founders and, business owners that aren't very happy. Right. And, uh, we all know like the typical materialist kind of view of life. Um, I'm not good enough. I'm not happy, but when I sell my business or when I make X amount of money, then I'll be happy. They get those things and they realize this doesn't work. I'm not happy. And so, um, usually the second stage is, well, I'm going to go on a spiritual journey and they trade materialism for spiritual materialism. And and there's nothing wrong with this, by the way, Uh, this is my own path, Um, you know, but I'm unhappy and I will be happy once I become enlightened or once I become awakened or once I write whatever it is. Hmm. And every single person I've ever asked, and I work with lots of different people, I'll ask them, has your seeking stopped? Have you found what you were looking for? Almost nobody says, yes, I've stopped seeking. Like I found the happiness, right? So it's the same kind of thing. And that's what I mean by the, like we're pursuing happiness and it's the pursuit itself that is making us unhappy because it's based on a false premise that we are incomplete. You know, Chuang Tzu is this Taoist master and he said, happiness is the absence of the pursuit of happiness. It's when seeking ends, um, you know, we're just under the mistaken impression that, that we have to find something, whether that be money, even this idea of my calling, my mission, um, spirituality, awakening in order to be happy, you know, because all of those, if you look at all of the spiritual teachings, especially, um, the thing that you eventually find is that there was nowhere to go right? That you actually are, to use the cliche, you actually are the happiness that you're looking for. Like there's no, so at that point you realize, oh, well, like I can do practices, spiritual practices. I can do all of these different things, but it's like looking in the mirror, you know? In your experience, when do we come to that point where we're no longer seeking? And is there, do we reach that point? Do you believe? Yeah. So 
so it depends on what we mean by seeking. Um, seeking as a means to find who you are and your identity, like who, like who you really are, uh, can absolutely end. Matter of fact, it can end right now. It, it really is as simple and as clear as recognizing your, your essential self. Like what is your natural state? And your natural state is I'm just aware presence. Everything else is, is, is just an addition to that, right? Like it's that sense of, I exist. I am, I am here. Everything else is a qualification of that. I'm a man. I'm a this, I'm a that, right? We just get lost in the particulars, right? So in that sense, like your seeking can end right now, right? Because it's, it's not somewhere else. You actually don't have to work to get to it because everybody knows awareness. We just overlook it because it's so obvious. It's so close to us. It's kind of like I went out for a walk the other morning. The sun was coming up and I, I was thinking, you know, if I were to ask somebody to describe this field, what I'm looking at, they would point out the trees, the bushes, you know, the wildfire smoke that was kind of drifting in from a, a fire nearby. Hopefully but not too close. <laughs> not too close, not too close. But almost nobody would point out the sunlight. That which illuminates and makes all experience of the field and the trees and the wildfire smoke even possible. It's so close to our experience that we overlook it. And our own awareness is the same. It's so intimate and close to us. It is us that we overlook it, you know, and we become so entangled in um, like the emotions, you know, I get upset, like somebody slights me, I get triggered and I take myself to be the person that um, gets triggered. But like that triggering event comes and it goes right? The feeling of like holding a grudge comes and it goes, the anger comes and goes, but the sun is always shining. I'm just, I am the sun. Like, and so are you like, that is our awareness on which everything plays. It's like that old metaphor of the, um, movie screen, you know, that the movie plays and is projected on the movie screen and you can get so lost in the movie, you know, you can get lost in this other world, even like a giant IMAX screen. But then the movie ends and the screen never appears in the movie. You never even notice it. But without the screen, like the movie itself wouldn't be possible. And so in that sense, seeking can end. Now, there is, we are creativity. Life is creativity and it must create and it knows itself. There's an impulse. There's a, call it a drive to know itself through creation. Um, that never ends. And I think that you can call that seeking too, but it, it's a different kind of seeking. It's a seeking to know yourself, which you can never know in totality because you're infinite, right? Awareness is infinite. Creation is infinite. So it all comes down to for what reason are you seeking for what purpose, right? If it's to find, if it's to know yourself, that never ends. But, it's mm -hmm. but if it's defined completeness and wholeness and happiness, that can end right now because you already have that. You just don't think you do. I love that distinction. There's such a different energy behind both of those. Right? It yeah. really is. Yeah. Seeking kind of gives me this, uh, like as I'm listening to you speak, this feeling in the body of like chasing and just grabbing. and Yeah. yeah. And then the seeking to know oneself, it's like, it's like light. It just, it just feels so easeful yeah. and so um, nourishing and yeah, something really beautiful about that feeling behind that yeah. energy behind what you're saying. I'm sure everyone who's listening can, can feel that as you speak too. Well, it's more of an adventure because mm -hmm. it is a, think of it as a pathless path, you know, a stepping into the unknown because that's really, that's really what we crave. The, the mind craves rehashing the past, you know, creating 
predictability, probabilities, right? Whereas soul or spirit, it's all about infinite possibilities. It's about the unknown. It's about, right, this ever unfolding moment, which is where you can only ever be anyway. That's all that exists. Because um, nobody, nobody, it's po- impossible to live in the past or in the future. The best you can do is drag both of those, which are figments of your imagination, into this moment so that you can think about them. Um, but yeah, it's it's knowing yourself fully and then removing whatever gets in the way of that, what clouds that clear knowing, and then, and then allowing yourself to fearlessly express that being. You know, not who you think you should be or who you think others think you should be, but simply as you are, right? Which is why like all of this, in so many spiritual traditions, especially like in Christianity, Jesus says, you must become like a little child. You have to unlearn all this adult stuff. Um, you have to grow young in a way. And that's mm-hmm. the key. Play. Life is play. That's so beautiful. And that really resonates with my own journey, just going back to this childlike, childlike awe of life. Just yeah. absolute awe in everything. And even the, the things that may appear on the outside to be mundane. And and I think that also kind of links in with that play allows you to really enjoy not only the spirituality, but also the humanity that we experience in our lives. And you spoke earlier that it's it's not about balance, it's about wholeness. Um, so yeah. for, you, for you, what what is the the feeling, like what is wholeness to you? Like what does it feel like and and what does it feel like to remember being whole when yeah. maybe before you've experienced yourself through this sort of kind of separation consciousness or uh, yeah. disassociation? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing, the first really big moment of freedom that I had was realizing that um, I cannot think my way to freedom. This is something that the mind cannot get. Because the mind needs an object to grab onto, a this and a that, right? This is a tree, that is a rock. But because our essential being, like who and what we actually are, is not an object. Um, it can't really be pointed to or grabbed onto. And so, I mean, the more and more I tried to think my way to freedom, right? Thinking the right thoughts and med- or, or not even thinking, you know, or thinking about not thinking and meditating and like all of these things, um, you know, really kind of, it just got me nowhere. And so something you said earlier is, was the key for me, which was becoming, recognizing, recognizing the felt sense of my own existence. And it is so simple. Like I mentioned it to, to a client recently and he said, it cannot be that simple. And I said, but it is like all of these things that that I have done and other people do, you know, whether it be seeking experiences through psychedelics or meditation or breath work, what is it that it's all ultimately showing us if not like who we actually are? And the one thing almost everybody universally says is the mind disappears. It's my mind goes quiet. And what remains when the mind goes quiet? It's like, oh, people describe it the same way. There's this quiet spaciousness, this peace. And when you ask people, like, where is that? Almost everybody touches their heart, their chest, right? Or when they're talking about it, they, they do something like this, where they touch their chest, like the core of their being. And so to me, wholeness is... Wholeness is the essential truth, right? It's as reliable as gravity. Like we are whole and it's simply the recognition of that. And if you think about, I know I just said you can't think your way to freedom, but if you think about what the word recognition means, it's recognition, rethinking or changing your mind. It's like, it's like I'm walking across a park one day. 
you know, I'm walking across Hyde Park in London through all of these people. And I see the stranger walking toward me and I don't really pay them any mind because yeah, it's a stranger, busy day in Hyde Park. And then I get about 20 feet away and I recognize, oh, it's Emma. It's not a stranger at all. It's Emma. I'm looking at Emma. Now, did you magically change in that moment? No. Did you magically become you? No. I simply recognized my mind. My mind saw a completely different world. It simply recognized or realized what had always been true right in front of me. The truth hidden in plain sight. But then the mind just kind of falls away because I don't need to tell a story about it anymore. You know, I'm just simply saying what is true. And so to me, that's what wholeness is. It's mm. called a moment of flow. If you want um, a moment of awe, like this is where getting into nature is really helpful where, and by the way, that's the, the word nirvana means to blow out the mind. So to blow your mind. Like so like to thing. see, yeah. So like to see some amazing vista, it blows the mind, blows it out. So that all is left is this openness. That's that sensation of knowing yourself in that wholeness. And then you mentioned earlier about this kind of knowing who you are and this unique knowing of who you are. We're, we're all the same, but what is also different in all of us? Like, what is this kind of feeling of when we know ourselves? how you know yourself, is that going to be different to how I know myself, you know? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, of course. I think <clears throat> this, is, this took me a while to kind of come to grips with because I had this intuition that, okay, so yeah, I am you, you're me, there's only one Um but there are definite, there are definite differences between us and what a boring existence or universe it would be if everybody was exactly the same. Mm. So somehow unity makes room for diversity and actually it can't be any other way because think about the nature of creativity, right? Creativity is like delightful, like it delights in and experimentation and well, what about this? What about, I mean, I mean, come on, platypus ducks, like, you know, <laughs> creative. And so just because there is a unity and there's one reality is one of one source. Um, it is expressing itself in infinitely unique, wonderful ways. Um, how that works. I don't know. I just know that that's the way it is. I had a quote in a movie the other day and it said, um, same tree, different leaves. And I thought that was a really simple, you know, like beautiful that. way of using nature to describe that, that feeling. Cause you know, when you look yeah. at a tree, the leaves are all different on the tree, but it's the same tree. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a beautiful, you know, such a be beautiful thing to see. Um, because we're told uh, whether explicitly or implicitly, that it's not okay to be us, not okay to be ourselves. We're taught from a very, very early age, like your rules, your, you know, you need to be like this and not like that. And, uh, you know, some of that's needed for society, right? Um, we need, we need to agree on certain things, but, but we're really taught to betray ourselves, to cut ourselves off from, our essential nature, our essential creativity. And which is why the world, I mean, why the world looks the way that it does, because it's simply the reflection of the consciousness that created the things, right? The institutions, the, like you name it, everything is simply a reflection of that. I also, I don't know if you have experienced this in your journey, but I also found that very similar paradigm in spirituality as well. When I first sort of, it was like, this is okay. And this is not, this is how your right. intuition works. This is how it doesn't work. And, you know, you right. start reading all the things and then you're, 
then again getting away from your as you describe it your your true nature your essential nature because yeah. you're then like saying oh to be spiritual then i have to follow my intuition in this way i have to meditate in this way depends yeah. what obviously depends what um certain path you follow or what what readers or uh, teachers that you're following but um so when we're when we're exploring you know starting to explore coming away from the conditioning of our lives to exploring spirituality and uh, going you know re just remembering ourselves essentially how can we not fall into that space you know because that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a tricky one because we obviously want to educate ourselves and start to expand our awareness and learn from these incredible teachers who have paved the way already um, and yeah. how can we learn to like honor and stay centered in, in our true nature whilst also reflecting and listening to what other people yeah. are sharing with us yeah that's a great question because i mean i i mean i have thought a lot about that and it's been my own experience too where i've gone through periods of time where i mean i went through years and years and years of just like reading as many books as i could um trying to understand as much as i could try as many things as i could and every now and then i, I would run across something that would say you know, eventually you'll just give up the need for all teachers because you'll realize that like you are that, like, you, like you are the one that you're looking for. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but breath work or but psychedelics or, you know, and all of these things, all of those things. And I've tried them all, um, have been very helpful. I think, I think we are guided and directed to things, um, during periods of time in our life. Like I can look back on those and none of those things are wrong. And I hope nobody hears me, you know, say like, don't pursue any of those things. Like, no, go They're pursue them. They're great tools. They're great yeah, tools. Experience them all. But what is, what is, what is at the end of the seeking? What is it that you're looking for? And either people don't know or, um, or they'll realize that what they're really looking for is happiness. Um, because if they thought seeking something would make them miserable, they would never seek it. And most of the reason why we seek certain things is because we're unhappy and we're looking for a sense of happiness. Right. And I mean, that's, that's what drives most people into spirituality because everything else failed them. You know, they weren't able to find happiness in their relationships. Their work sucks. They hate their work. They hate their life. And so they want to escape that life. And so they look for other answers. And then they, they discover that, well, you can't find happiness in, um, ultimate, ultimately you can't find it in anything outside of yourself, spirituality included because spirituality, like you said, it's just another, it's a tool to, to help you recognize the truth. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a it's a it's a it's an interesting process, you know. Mm. I wonder as well, like uh, going, you know, experiencing that journey of um, really knowing yourself as the teacher, as you as you described, and how sometimes the seeking then becomes about, and I know this from based on my own experience, becomes about actually looking for confirmation of what you already know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like looking for validation and confirmation of what you already know. And there's this kind of um, like asking for permission almost, you know, that can I, can I honor myself now? Can I listen to my, my yeah. intuition now you know do I do I have to keep uh, learning essentially and we, we're always learning but I mean learning from this place of you know I don't know myself right well we're taught from a really young age that to be secondhand people is the way um, I've heard it described before that we're taught not to trust ourselves you know to look to our outside authorities to tell us how to live looking outside of you know looking to government schools you know all of these things to, you know, give us a sense of safety and belonging and meaning, right? And in the process, we we have to create this sort of split in ourselves. And we, on the surface, we stop trusting ourselves. But if you investigate that a little deeper, you'll actually find that you're always trusting yourself. Because when you're looking like on your pursuit, right? You're looking for permission. 
you know, or you're looking for an authority or somebody to, to tell you, hey, you're thinking right. Who's the one that's still deciding that that person is mm. the person to trust to confirm back to you? It's you. Like you're always trusting yourself. You just don't think you are, right? Even if you think you're looking to somebody to confirm that back, you're still trusting your own um, inclination or, or intuition that that person is right to confirm back to you that you're right. So why not just shortcut the whole process and trust yourself absolutely and realize that you, you can trust yourself. Mm. Oh, I love that. That was cool. And something that, something that I want to play with, because we, we spoke, we mentioned this a few times through, is this, this outside of yourself, this, this outside of yourself feeling and kind of what's coming to me, like we talked, we talked before this um, interview about this us versus them mentality, this kind of separation consciousness, yeah. consciousness. And, and I wonder, is there a point where outside of us is also inside of us? And we realize it's kind of the same thing, just different perspectives of the same thing. Um, I, don't, I don't know what's this, this idea what, of. What do you mean? The world, the world. So the world that we're looking at through our eyes, through our eyes is, is the world outside of us. And then when we close our, close our eyes, we're experiencing the world inside of us. And there must come a point where the two of them essentially become kind of the same thing, just different perspectives where like, like if you're looking for a magnifying glass and you're looking up close at something and you yeah. see it from a different perspective than you would with your eyes, the magnifying glass is like kind of looking inside and then the outside is like kind of seeing outside. Yeah. So it's, it's the same thing, just different perspectives and ways of looking at the same thing. Yeah. That feel, uh, that's a beautiful way of putting it. I think it's, um, yeah, I, th I think both are true. And this is, this is the sort of paradox of everything that we're talking about is that the, there's only one, right? We're all of the same essential source of existence, but obviously I can't, I'm not, I don't know your thoughts right now. I'm not seeing through your eyes, right? There are 8 billion, you know, individuals walking around this planet and I don't have access to their thoughts or their feelings or their direct experience. So there's obvious diversity, right? There's obviously mm. these different perspectives and both are true, right? That there's only one, um, but that that one is um, knowing itself and, at least 8 billion different ways. Right. And what is, so how does, how do we experience that? I love how uh, Rupert Spira puts it. He says, you know, um, he says, you, we realize that we share our being with everyone and everything, right? Everything is one. And the recognition of my shared being with you or with other people is what we call love. It's the experience of love. And when we recognize our shared being, our shared existence with everything in creation, that's what we call beauty. And, and you don't like lose your individuality in that knowing it actually enhances it because it, it makes you free to express yourself fully. Right. Um, and I, I think that it, that sounds like what you were saying. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. It was just coming through. So <laughs> who yeah. knows what, what it was there for? Whatever, whatever you took from it was obviously right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of want to just come go. No, I was going to say for me, like the really interesting next question around yeah. that is how come if there's, if there's only one self, one true self, one consciousness, how come I don't have access to your thoughts? How come I don't have access to everybody else's thoughts? And there's some really cool theories coming out of uh, the scientific community around that now. Mm -hmm. There's one I read. Um, there's this guy, Bernardo Kastrup, and he's a, a computer scientist who's also a, a doctor of philosophy. And uh, he wrote this article in Scientific America, Scientific American, I think it was like 2014, 2015, about this German woman who had uh, dissociative identity disorder. 
it's what we used to call multiple personality disorder, right? And they did this study on her because um, she, I forget how many, they call them alters, like alter, uh, alter egos, alter, you know, mm-hmm. alter identities. Mm-hmm. Whenever some of them would, would present and be in control, she would go blind, wow. like literally go blind. And they measured her brain activity when this was happening. And that part of the brain, the controlled visual input in translation had zero activity. But then when she would come back into control of her mind or another alter that wasn't blind, that part of the brain would refire. Nothing wrong with her eyes. It was all psycho- it was all, you know, inside of her of, of her brain activity. And so so what Bernardo says is, hey, we know this happens in nature all the time. Who who maybe it's possible that this happens on a universal mm-hmm. scale? That we are all alternate personalities of the one consciousness that essentially ha- has dissociative identity disorder. That we're just all dreamed characters of this one consciousness. And just like it happens with Mary, that lady in Germany, that even though it's the one same mind, each of these personalities has its own inner experience, its own inner life and its own experience. and can even communicate with other personalities, even though it's one brain, it's one lady. And there's something about that that feels really cool and true to me. It does. It also feels very, um, like when I hear these kind of things, they feel, it brings me closer to this, this sensation of home in myself, you know, it's just a a remembrance of that, like deep, deep, true nature, you know, yeah, real deep, true nature. Um, yeah. And it's very, it's very liberating to remind yourself of that, particularly when things in your life can feel chaotic or it feels like there's lots going on. It's like, come back to that truth. And then it's like, Oh, <laughs> right. Right. What is actually, what am I creating here? You know, I'm creating these so-called problems in my life because of the way that I'm viewing them essentially. Right. And they're only a problem. You, they're only problems to people, right? Mm-hmm. So in the absence of a person, who's wrapping a story around what is happening, there is no problem. There's only what's happening, right? Like I have no opinion about what's happening. Um, So there's no problem, you know? So there's a lot of freedom in that. That doesn't mean you can't have opinions. I mean, have your opinions all day long, have your problems all day long. Nobody will ever take those from you. Nobody wants them. (laughs) (laughs) So, but you know, you know, enjoy your life as much as you can. Yeah, I think it's asking the question, does that bring you happiness to focus on them? Yeah. Yeah. Do you mean you're uh, like what's happening in your life? Does like that bring focusing, you happiness? Focusing on the problems and, you know, really spending your time in them. Does that actually, right. does that actually serve or not? Right. Yeah. And if they don't, um, you know, move on from them. But we're, I mean, we're so, we get, we get so much out of even our struggles and our problems. Like we're squeezing some kind of juice out of it. And usually it's the, it's usually the mind that's, the mind is like an attorney. It's always like gathering evidence, right. To prove its case. And usually the case that it's trying to prove is I'm not good enough. You know, um, my life isn't good enough. And so you know, anything that's a problem is usually we're just gathering evidence to prove our case, the mind proving its case that life should be different than the way it is. And because it's not the way we think it should be, then, you know, we're upset. Hmm. Yeah. I think to kind of wrap up on a, on a final question, what do you think brought you to this space of clarity and peace in your own life? Um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of happened this way. Um, how does anything happen? 
<laughs> right? It's like <laughs> things are the way they are because of the universe is the way that it is. Um, I do know that a big tipping point was everything that I was doing stopped working. The things that I thought uh, would make me happy didn't make me happy. I couldn't figure out why I was unhappy. Um, like I even, I've even gone through periods of my of time in my life where I thought it's better just to not even be alive. Like, what is the point? And, you know, for, I mean, I don't recommend that path for anybody. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty dark path, but many people go down that path, you know, of wondering like, what's the point? Because all of the things we look to give us happiness and meaning and purpose and safety are ultimately meant they will ultimately fail you. Uh, money will fail you, you know, looking for your own wholeness and other relationships will fail you. Ulti- I mean, they have to, um, because all of those things can be taken away, right? Like if you're looking to those things to give you happiness and the possession of them or the experience of them brings happiness, well, then the taking away of those things uh, takes away that happiness. And so I just got to the, this point where I realized I'm just tired of being unhappy. So like, why am I unhappy? And I, and I just, I don't know, for some reason, just got really clear on um, why I was unhappy. And it was because I didn't know who I was. You know, I was, I just, I say I suffer, I suffered from this chronic, really persistent case of mistaken identity. And when I stopped looking for myself where I would never find myself, right? Like business relationships, all these things. That's when things started to change, started to get a little lighter. And, and, um, yeah, I'm not even sure when that started. It's kind of hard to pinpoint. It was Mm -hmm. like a, like a thousand different things, you know, that, that happened over the course of time. Yeah. And how and how much more beautiful is life now that you're experienced you know yourself? Well, it the knowing obviously expands and stuff, but you know that essential nature of who yeah. you are. And you get to experience those things that originally you were seeking yourself in. So you get to experience yeah. beautiful relationships, you get to experience an amazing thriving business, not because they are your source, because you know yourself. Right. As, source and you know yourself as your essential nature and now you're experiencing these things right. from that place so much more powerful yeah and, and there's a but there's another side to that too mm-hmm. in that um in that life so i feel like my purpose and, and i think everybody's purpose is to know themselves like to know yourself in totality like who you really are and so if you have, if you've said yes to that, then life, life is going to arrange itself to just naturally bring you situations, people, things to reflect back to you. Um, like the stories and the thing the the lies that I've believed, right. About who I am. And so I feel like that's magnified in my life where while I, I have a much clearer, I know myself more clearly. I sense that more clearly and more durably, right? Um, when I get, like when old stories come up, um, you know, past ways of being, like the, the habit of being on my conditioned self, when that comes up, I, I feel like I feel it a lot more deeply, like I'm a lot more profoundly, mm-hmm. like it is a lot more uncomfortable now. Because it's, you know, like people talk about the, you know, dis-ease, like it, like that sense of psychological suffering is my soul's way of telling me, hey, this, something's off. In the same way, like if my physical body hurts, that's the body's intelligence saying, hey, something's off, right? But now it's like, as, as my awareness has become a little clearer with time, um, I see those things. I get, tr- whenever I get triggered, I see them and feel them more deeply, um, which is good, but it was unexpected. Like I wasn't, ex- I was expecting, Oh, you know, um, 
you know, I'll see more clearly and then everything will be rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> Hasn't been that. Um, I mean, there definitely is. And this is where like, I like to use the word uh, peace or well-being in place of happiness. Because we tend to think of happiness as like, I get something and, you know, it's this dopamine payoff or whatever it is. It comes and it goes. Um, I still feel a lot of sad, like I'll still feel mm. sadness. Um, but I see the sadness from, it's weird. It's just not as personalized anymore. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a weird place. This whole thing of like knowing <laughs> it's, ourselves, it's, 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 it's a weird journey. <laughs> it's so, it's so bizarre. Like it is, but it's so cool. <laughs> like I'm like a little kid is. with it. I freaking love it. <laughs> The weirder it, it gets, the more excited I am. <laughs> right. It's like it's the only game in town. I mean, yeah. I this is the only thing I've ever been interested in. I mean, even mm -hmm. as a kid. Like mm -hmm. what is like what is real? Like what is reality and um it's just you know, fun let's find to, that out. to enjoy yourself on that in that like like I said, it's that it's a different type of seeking. It's just this yeah. real curiosity and, and that's um that's really like beautiful to to share thank you so much for sharing all of this beautiful wisdom today it's been really a, an honor interviewing you and having this amazing conversation and i'd love for you to share with us about your your men's circles that you're starting in september i believe and um, i'd yeah. love for you to share us a little bit about your intentions around those and if there's anyone that you're speaking to in particular to share that with us and then just uh close us out as this uh, yeah. conversation comes to an end well, first of all, thank you for, uh, thank you for inviting me and having me. This has been, I love talking about this stuff. So <laughs> I really appreciate yeah. that. And yeah, so, um, so I, I've done a lot of, I, I basically work with mostly founders, entrepreneurs, work with a lot of men and usually around ideas of purpose, usually pretty successful. And they get to this point where they realize I should be happy, but I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. And when I would drill down and find out like, what is the core question? Their core question is, what am I really here to do? Like, what is my purpose, my deeper purpose in life? And, um, cause that's really what I speak to. And starting in September, I'm, uh, I'm beginning to host these smaller men's circles, you know, 10 to 12 men that feel a sense of, okay, there's something more. There is a deeper sense of purpose that, I can't quite seem to access. And it's one thing to take this journey on your, on your own. Um, mm, there's nothing wrong yeah. with doing that, but doing it in community with other people can really, really accelerate your growth. And, um, you know, like Ram Dass said, we're just walking each other home together anyway. <laughs> and so I figured, mm, well, I love that quote. so, so I'm going to take all of this, my own experience and the experience of other, other men, and just put it into a language that makes it super accessible, like strips out all of the unnecessary things, um, you know, gives a clear path forward of, uh, you know, here's how to get direct access to who you are and, and why you're really here. So, you know, for anybody who's interested in it, probably the easiest way is just to email me, to reach out to me. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, my email is kevin at kevinkaiser.co. And my last name is K-A-I-S-E-R. Awesome. And that will all be in the show notes for anyone who is interested. Thank you so much again for coming on, Kevin. This has been an amazing conversation and thanks for sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you again for having me. I've loved every minute of it. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you again next week for another amazing episode. Sending you lots of love. Bye-bye.